Welcome back to another edition of a Yeah Guys podcast. I am Rose Ram, and I am joined with the full gang. Here we have Josh, Tony, and Parker. Uh, Tony, we can start with some college football news before we go over the Week 8 action. Certainly. So some big news out of Texas. Uh, Quinn Ewers, the starting quarterback for the Longhorns, ranked number 7. Uh, looks like he's going to be out several weeks after an MRI revealed shoulder sprains in uh, two AC joints. Uh, so very tough there. Um, and I believe their backup, uh, Malik Murphy, will be the starter against uh, BYU as uh, Ewers recovers. So that is some interesting news for them. Maybe on upset alert. Wink. Uh, also, there is a Pac-12 realignment update. Um, Oregon State and Washington State will be a two-member conference in 2024. Uh, and there's also been discussions with a scheduling alliance with the Mountain West, which is also kind of on the western coast. So maybe they, they could have like a, a joint, I guess, schedule there. Um, and then I guess just one last thing is uh, Maryland football coach uh, Michael Loxley said that assistant coach uh, Kevin Sumlin, uh, formerly with Texas A&M, uh, will not be with team this week following his arrest in Florida over the weekend on a charge of driving under the influence so that's a big yikes um and then also i guess we'll get to the the big topic uh michigan i don't know if i hit on it last tuesday or not but um michigan is involved with a sign stealing investigation um there is a guy at the center of it named connor stallions who reportedly bought tickets to i believe um, well, I would say like a handful of games. And then what he ultimately did apparently is he dished out all those tickets that he bought to certain people. So redistributed them, redistributed them to other people. And they, I guess, went to those games. Um, some of the games included, uh, at the time teams that were, in, so this is from last year, by the way. So 2022, um, teams that were at the time in contention for the college football playoff. Um, I'm not really sure what exactly the punishment will be, if it'll just be Connor Stallion exclusively, or if it'll be kind of with the program included. Either way, that's kind of a big deal. Um, I'm not sure how long the investigation will go, but that is going to go on probably for a little while. Um, and then I guess we can just hit on the top 25 real quick if there's uh so the the top six are all the same um georgia michigan ohio state florida state washington oklahoma uh i guess some big drops obviously penn state dropping to 10th after their loss i know we'll we'll touch on some of these games uh, a couple of notable also jumps uh lsu up four spots to 15 missouri up four spots to 16 uh, Duke and Tennessee each drop four spots to 20th and 21st. And then uh, kind of the big drop is, uh, as expected, U USC drops um, six spots to 24th. So that's, yeah. Well, perfect. Uh, we can we can go over to some of those games from uh, week eight. We'll start with Iowa. Um, they were 24th ranked, but uh, they do drop that one to Minnesota. It was controversial with the... The fair catch. I'm not really sure what happened with that punt return, but uh, Iowa loses that one. They're probably going to be out of the rankings. Um, and that Ohio State game, um, hosting Penn State, twenty to twelve, they get the win. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is just a difference maker um, that it showed. 
uh, against two good uh, with two really good defenses. I mean, we we kind of saw which offense was struggling, which one uh, was not struggling. So Ohio State comes up with a big win at home. Uh, Florida State at home as well, uh, thirty-eight to twenty over Duke um, with the win there. Uh, Oklahoma kind of surviving there at the end. I was watching that one. I was able to tune into that one. Um, UCF they they had a nice drive at the end to to get a touchdown, but we're not able to to get the two to tie it. But uh, o- Oklahoma they do survive um, uh, an upset at home, but they are able to get that win and move to seven and zero. Um, also Texas kind of hanging around there with Houston on the road, but they are able to ultimately get the win 31, 24 on the road. Um, oh yeah, we can talk about this one. Uh, North Carolina getting upset at home by Virginia, uh, one and five Virginia, uh, coming to town. They do, they do not take care of business. North Carolina, they lose 27 to 31. Um, just kind of, I guess a crazy game, crazy upset. You don't really expect, uh, games like this to go, uh, the way it did, but um, we'll, we'll be looking for uh, North Carolina to, to bounce back. Um, Alabama at home against Tennessee, 34 to 20, kind of a statement win for Alabama. They're really um, turning the corner here. I think we all thought at the beginning of the year, this isn't the, the real Alabama, which maybe they are, but um, they're running a lot of games, winning a lot of important games. They're 5-0 and in the SEC, uh, which is all that really matters um, when it comes to playing big games. So um, they get the win at home. Uh, Ole Miss hangs on um, in Auburn, 28 to 21. Utah with a, another win over USC, thirty-four to thirty-two. It looks like uh, they're continuing their their daddy status over USC uh, these last couple of years. Um, so Utah takes that one on the road. Um, I don't think I have anything else really to uh, to go over. Um, the rest of the schedule is kind of uh, um, big scores uh, versus uh, little scores with the ranked teams getting those wins. But um, Tony, we can start with you. Any final thoughts on the week uh, for Week Eight? Definitely. Um, so one I kind of want to shout out was uh, Washington. So they were ranked fifth at home against unranked Arizona State, and they won a gritty game 15-7. to uh, The only touchdown in that game was a 89-yard interception, so pick six. Um, so Michael Penix uh, kind of had, I wouldn't say an off game because he still two, uh, threw for 275 yards, but two picks and not getting a touchdown there. A little interesting. Um, you kind of mentioned Alabama again just – Still winning them games kind of when it matters most. Uh, down 20-7. to seven. Um, I believe it's Nick Saban's biggest comeback at home. Um, and I, honestly, that, that one loss to Texas looks pretty, still pretty good right now, I would say, with how Texas is. Um, I know we were kind of watching the USC-Utah uh, game, I believe, Saturday night. And we kind of were watching that last drive. And Bryson, um, Bryson Barnes made some really good plays. Um, had that electric run that kind of set up the field goal. Um, you got to feel for USC, I guess, a little bit, but they did kind of screw around there that game. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just hit on the North Carolina one, too. Just really, really uh, <laughs> underwhelming performance again, uh, especially from the defense. Just not very good for uh, for them. I, I thought Drake May did all right. I mean, t- almost 350 yards, two touchdowns, but um, did have a pick and uh, just couldn't get it couldn't uh, come back there at the end yeah Do you have any- um i i wanted to quickly go over it since this wasn't a rape matchup josh you went to this game in miami um obviously clemson not able to get the win on the road um 28 to, to 20 miami takes that win i guess you can maybe uh go over the game and i mean how, how it looked from your from your vantage point josh yeah i told uh the miami fans that were sitting like the row behind me 
as soon as the game went to overtime or in the fourth quarter, I was like, if this game goes into overtime, Miami, y'all will win. Because it's still like a young team that feels like they just completely fall apart in the in the big moments. Uh, as far as this game goes specifically, it was super frustrating because we're coming off of a bye week. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke was out, so we were playing a freshman backup quarterback, and he made a couple good throws, but like for the most part, they would just hand it off right up the middle, smash mouth football, and we couldn't do anything to stop it. And it was really frustrating, and it led to them dominating time of possession, I think. And then on the offensive side, some of the same issues we've had all season. First drive of the game, Will Shipley fumbles on the one-year card line. Uh, we lead FBS, I believe, in turnovers lost or fumbles lost. So uh, the turnover problem continues to be an issue, uh, which is super frustrating. And it's just frustrating because on paper, this is quite possibly the most talented team Dabo's ever had. And it feels like they can't get out of their own way at this point. So it's uh, frustrating, but I at least have some optimism with the young team. There's uh, room for everyone. Improvement. I like. I could ramble a lot about Clemson because I think Dabo, like he had his time in like the 2015 to 2018, but it feels like he's so set in, like doing things his own way now, and I just don't think I think he's falling behind the times. And like hopefully this makes him get it together. You know, like he paid Garrett Riley to come in and coach, but then he says, "Well, Garrett Riley's gonna run the Clemson offense." Like, well, he. Clemson offense kind of sucks. So, like, maybe we should let him do his own thing, you know? You look, look at all the coaches that he's got on stab. We've probably got at least five position coaches that haven't coached any level of football before. Like, not even peewee. And they're Division One coaches. And you look at them, and it's like, how are these guys coaches? And it's because their former players are buddies of Dabos or something. You know, we've got Hamp Green on the field. He's like a 5'10", 180-pound receiver. And... Zero D1 offers, and you look him up, and his dad played football with Dabo in Alabama in, like, the 80s or 90s. And it's like, what are we doing here? Like, the nepotism is just running rampant, you know? Like, and I don't think that he, like, we have NIL. I'm not worried about that. Like, he needs to at least patch holes with the transfer portal, I think. The only two transfer portal players that we've taken has been Hunter Johnson, a backup quarterback who transferred away from Clemson, Dabo let him come back, and uh, Paul Tyson or something like that, he's like Bear Bryant's great-grandson. So it's like more nepotism. So it's like so frustrating because it feels like Dabo's lost his edge at this point. And like for the money he's making, it's just not acceptable. Like I appreciate what he's done for us, but I feel like he can't, he can't turn around and say that like, oh, well, you know, Maybe we need to lose some to get rid of the bandwagon fans, which is a real quote, by the way. Uh, and but like, you can't critique the fans and then turn around and be like, "Oh, well, you know, we need the fans there." We like, you can't ask for the fans to put in their time and money, and then when they show up and they're like, "This kind of sucks," you can't you can't get mad at the fans for, for trying to critique your team you know like you can't have it both ways you can't have the fans give you their money and then tell them shut up what you like you can't talk about the team right like so it's 
it's just frustrating. I, I think the nepotism and whatnot is running rampant. And like, I don't know what it's going to take for him to learn that like the Dabo way, like God's NIL is not working right now. So like something's, something's got to change. Like I'm a full form regardless. That's what sucks about it. Like we're competitive and I get so upset after the game. And then it's like, I'm gonna do it again next weekend. I'll, I'll be watching the NC State game, you know? Like, oh well. So, like I said, I think there's a ton of room for improvement, but Dabo's gotta humble himself, I think, to an extent, and changes need to be made, like, top down. Like, they need to audit this entire program, I think, and make some changes, but who knows if they're gonna wanna do it, you know? And it's hard because, like I said, Dabo can always fall back on, well, I want you natty's doing it my way, kind of, but, like, things have changed a little, you know? And the last thing I'll hit on is that on the last play of the game in double overtime, they said that uh, Kay Klubnik pulled the ball himself. It was a total, like, decision on his own. In the Florida State game in overtime, they said it was an RPO, and Dabo made the note that we should have given him the option. So in the Miami game, they didn't give him the option. It was a handoff to Will Shipley, and Cade, on his own, chose to pull it and got trapped down for like a seven-yard loss to end the game. And that is something that you never used to see with Dabo teams, like players going out on a limb and doing their own thing. Like, I feel like this is not a very disciplined team. And, and like, in terms of penalties, maybe they're the same as they have been in, but... I just don't feel like this is a disciplined team in the same sense that some of Dabo's previous teams have been. And that's what worries me the most, I think. And I don't know if that's an NIL thing, right? Players know they're making millions too or something. But, but that that worries me, the fact that it feels like some players are – like if it feels like he's maybe losing the reins on the program a little bit. So there are, there is some worry, but um, I'm how on the hopium right now. So we'll see. Well, Josh, um, regardless of what happened, that is some elite insight there. Um, that's awesome. I mean, just watching the game, you don't really see that kind of stuff, uh, watching it as a fan. But when you kind of break things down like you did, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> um, but there was one small thing I want to talk about with Miami. I, I th I'm not sure if this was um, in overtime or in regulation, uh, close to going, to, uh, going into overtime where Miami had a chance to drive into field goal range i think they were at midfield and they decided to run the ball or kneel the ball something like that where they just killed the clock and instead of going for a big play where it would put them into field goal range to win the game they decided to kill the clock and taking it to overtime um i know hindsight is 2020 because they they won the game and all that but um another questionable decision um and i don't know too much about miami's football program and their coaching and all that kind of stuff but just watching as a fan it's another decision a mistake in my opinion but there were maybe... moves from the from the home crowd when their offense was on the field with some other play caller like third and long screen passes or runs up the middle there was some very questionable clock management i would say and at one point it almost felt like both teams were trying to lose like their the play calling was questionable on both sides but obviously miami fans were not not happy with it either mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I guess we can we can move on. I didn't have other thoughts, really. Uh, I, I mean, I, I talked about Oklahoma already, just watching the game. It was a fun one to watch towards the end there, but that's really 
uh, all I had. We can go over the picks. Tony, again, for the second straight week, you have taken um, the win here with the predictions. You got four. Uh, Josh, you had two, and Parker and I, we both had three. Um, so I'm not sure where that eh, that lands us uh, with the totals or anything like that. I can maybe count them up for next week just to see where we're at, but uh, we can get it to some week nine uh, rate action here. We'll start with um, sixth ranked Oklahoma. Um, this is an early game. Uh, they'll be on the road to face Kansas, who's five and two. Uh, Tony, right now, Oklahoma is favored to win by 10 on the road. Interesting. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma. I think they need to definitely clean up a lot of stuff from, uh, from this past week. Obviously, UCF was a really gritty team and Dylan Gabriel played his former, uh, program, but I think number six, you, you gotta definitely look a lot better. So I'll, I'll take Oklahoma, but they gotta, they gotta clean some up, some stuff up. Excuse me. How about you, Josh? I'm right there with you. I think last week could have just been a bit of an awkward week. You know, you, you see that a lot of times where a team will get a really big ranked win and then they'll follow it on up the next week with like a lackluster performance. And I think it's because they're kind of riding the high from the previous week. So I'm kind of thinking that after the Texas win, that's kind of what happened to Oklahoma. They slept on their next opponent, and you can't really do that, I would say, at any level of football or competitive football. So I think they'll bounce back this week. I like Oklahoma. Um, I, I like Oklahoma too, but I, I think 10 is a pretty big big spread, to be honest. I, I think I'll take that um, for Kansas at home, but I do still see the Sooners uh, winning. Parker, what about you? Yes, I got the uh, Sooners as well. Perfect. Okay, well, we will go on to, I think this is the only, oh, actually, we have another ranked matchup after this one, but uh, we will get to uh, eighth ranked Oregon on the road um, in Utah, 13th ranked. And right now, Tony, Oregon is favored to win by six and a half. Man, you know, it says to pick Oregon. I think I'm going to go with Utah plus six and a half at home on this one. Um they play a little scrappy, but I mean, they beat a, a really, you know, a core, you know, on paper, a really talented team in USC. Um, and their defense is like first in every statistical category, pretty much that there is um, in the Pac 12. So I'll take Utah plus six and a half at home. How about you, Josh? I'm actually right there with you. I don't know that they'll win. Uh, well, actually, if I'm picking them at six and a half, yeah, I did. Um, yeah. I'm debating on the cover or not, actually. I think I'm going to take Utah. I think I'll take Utah to win, and I'll take them to cover the six and a half. Uh, uh, just because, largely for me, because they're at Utah. I feel like, uh, I don't I don't know their entire, like, home away splits, but I feel like Utah is, at least in recent memory, a pretty tough place to play. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll take Utah this one. I'm going to go with Oregon on the road to cover the six and a half. Oh. Um, I don't know. They've been really good. They've been really bad. I think uh, USC had some, they've been having some major, major issues and they could have won the game and they did. And I think Oregon takes advantage of wins on the road. Mark, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to take um, Oregon as well or I'm going to be riding with you. Oh, okay. Um, moving on, we would have, surprisingly, I, I'm very. Uh, in trade with uh, this Duke team. They're 20th ranked right now. They'll be on the road facing another surprisingly really cool team to watch. 6-1, and one, 18th ranked Louisville um, at home. Right now, Tony, Louisville is favored to win by four. 
Interesting. Tough, tough game last week for Duke. Uh, got out to a 17-7 to lead against Florida State on the road and uh, kind of coughed that one up. Um, I think I'll take Louisville again. I think they've been a pretty resilient team. Um, they were close, uh, I believe, a week or two ago against Pittsburgh. Kind of something, you know, a play didn't go their way kind of late, and that kind of ruined it for them. But uh, I, I think they'll bounce back at home, so I'll take Louisville minus four. How about you, Josh? Um, I think I'm going to take Duke to cover in this one. I, it's, I don't say it with a ton of confidence, but, I mean, Duke, like you were saying, they were off to a – I mean, they had a lead at one point, and then I believe Riley Leonard got injured and had to leave the game in the third quarter at some point. Um, and so I, I, I'm hesitant to pick Duke with the backup quarterback, but I also think that that team as a whole is good enough to help him out a little bit. And the game's a little different when you know going into the game uh, throughout the week you know that you have the backup quarterback. When he's able to get first-string reps and everything throughout the week, I think it's a little different than your quarterback going down and, you you know, the backup trying to come in and bail you out. So I'm, I'm going to take Duke to at least cover in this one. Uh, I'm going to take Louisville, man. I don't know if I'm just enamored from their win against Notre Dame at all a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago. I, I'm going to take Louisville at home. Um, I, I really like that part. What about you? I'm going to be rolling with you again, Rob. I'm going to take Louisville with this one, too. Perfect. Okay, moving on. We are getting into the later afternoon games. We'll start with um, the 6 o'clock game. 21st-ranked Tennessee on the road facing a pretty scrappy Kentucky team. They're both 5-2. and two. Kentucky is not ranked. Uh, I'll tell you right now, 3.5 for Tennessee on the road. Certainly. Um, kind of similar to Duke's situation. Tennessee had, had a great first half and just really came out with a dud against Alabama. To be fair, it is Alabama in uh, in Tuscaloosa, but they still they still lost that game and kind of lost it. So uh, I'll still take Tennessee. Uh, I think they'll bounce back a little bit better this week, um, but they do have to keep an eye on Kentucky because they've been, uh, even though their defense has been torched a couple times this year, um, they are still a really tough and kind of physical team. So I'll take Tennessee minus three and a half. How about you, Josh? Uh. My gut for me uh, says that I don't. I just I don't know if I want to take Tennessee. Truthfully, like when I I don't know again this and I feel like is a little tricky for me. Can Kentucky? I feel like has a decent team. They're at home, which makes me lean that way. But then also, like didn't Georgia blast them in Kentucky, like forty-one to seven or something absurd too? So it's like. To an extent, I don't know which Kentucky team shows up. And we just saw Tennessee battle pretty well with Bama. So, man, it's tough. Um, I feel like I'll go with Tennessee in this one. Like, my gut says Kentucky, but Tony also has the hot hand right now, so I think I might just tell him. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I want to take Tennessee just because of their potential and their offense. I don't know if they've really lived up to their potential this year, but uh, I'll just go with, you know, my preliminary thoughts on the offense. I'll, I'll take Tennessee. Mark, what about you? Yeah, I think I'll take Tennessee as well. That's it. Yeah, guys. Sweet. And we have the last game of the week, if I can get to it. Uh, Oregon State, right now this game is kind of close, according to the betters. Uh, 11th ranked Oregon State on the road. 
um, to face Arizona, who's four and three. But I wanted to pick this one just because of the spread. Right now, the spread is uh, Oregon State minus three and a half uh, on the road. Tony, certainly. Uh, and to be honest with you, the last two weeks, Arizona has looked really, really good. Um, obviously, they, they caught kind of into that barn burner against um, USC and ultimately did lose. Um, I think in double overtime and then, but last week, I mean, goodness gracious, they took their, uh, their anger out on Washington state with that 44 to six win. So I think I'm going to take Arizona, um, at home to get the victory. Uh, I, I just think that they're playing a little bit more, uh, I, I don't know. They're just, it seems like they're playing better and they're going to be at home. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the hot team at home, uh, plus three and a half. How about you, Josh? Um, I'm with you in this one. I'm taking the home underdog, and I'm picking against DJ. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but, uh, I'm going to take DJ on the road. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know too much about Arizona, but I do remember watching that Washington game. Um, I think uh, they, they kind of made, made a little mini comeback towards the end, but uh, they weren't able to, to get the win at home against Washington. But uh, I will take Oregon State. Mark, what about you? I will be taking uh, Oregon State as well, so... I guess we're riding together again. Ooh, I heard that. Um, moving on to the NFL side, if I can get there quick enough, um, we will go into week seven. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll start with Thursday Night Football. The Jaguars on the road taking down the Saints. A lot of problems with the Saints in that game, uh, but they were able to make a comeback with 15 points scored in the fourth quarter. Um, they go down to the Jaguars 31-24. to um, Barbara, well, this game is right, right up next. Um, the Raiders uh, on the road against the Bears. They are not able to get it done. Uh, the Bears take this one 30 to 12. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen uh, Badging to come out, Badging, whatever you want to call him, uh, come out and play uh, some good football, um, some good poised, quick decision uh, making from a quarterback. Uh, Got a lot of confidence in him. Uh, was, you know, who went on to the crowd uh, multiple times throughout the game, and uh, that was good to see. Um, totally shut down uh, Max Crosby. Uh, didn't really have anything to do with this game, which, uh, you know, they could you could look at as, you know, they, they had a goal before the game to, uh, you know, shut him down, and uh, they definitely achieved that goal. And like I was telling Aram, uh, you you line up these three guys on on anyone in the NFL is going to be a hard uh, matchup, and that's uh, Tevin Jenkins, uh, Darnell Wright, and uh, Mercedes Lewis uh, blocking tight end. Uh, probably the best blocking tight end. I know, uh, Rob, you might have some other thoughts, but uh, Mercedes Lewis has been doing it for about 15 years. So uh, I'll take Mercedes Lewis uh, that one, but uh, he uh, that that's just a wall out there, uh, big blocking tight end. Um you know, good tackle and a good big mauling guard. So uh, they, they definitely shot him down on, on that side of the, on the line for sure. Um, we had some, some good pockets, you know, his first game uh, in the NFL for uh, Beijing, you know, he looked really well, looked poised. Like I said, uh, found DJ Moore a couple of times. He would have had two touchdown passes, but DJ Moore dro- uh, dropped one in the end zone, uh, which is kind of uncharacteristic, but um I don't know if it was just on map chemistry or what, but he just flat out dropped it. But uh, we've seen like uh, guys like Mooney get involved. Uh, just imagine just looking down the field. You, you can tell he knows how to read a defense pretty, pretty decently because uh, he, 
he can, you know, quickly make his progressions and he holds the ball for not, it seems to be as not as long as uh, Fields holds the ball for. Um, but, you know, uh, another, what we scored 24 points on offense. So, you know, that's not great, but, uh, you know, it's, it's serviceable. And when you've got a defense playing like the uh, Bears defense is playing right now, um, you know, 24 points is, is good enough. You, you get a pick six and make it 30. So um, Jalen Johnson, uh, Bears are going to have to make a decision whether they want to pay him or not because uh, he's in a contract year here. And, you know, uh, two picks and a, a pick six in, you know, one game uh, pretty good for him. Uh, we, we got home a couple times on uh, Hoyer. That was nice to see. I uh, pretty much shut down Devontae Adams and uh, Josh Jacobs. So I don't know. Whatever Flus is doing on defense finally is is turning turning around for this team. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I try to look positive as much as I can with this team, um, which is not a lot, but feels like it's been really a roller coaster ride up and down uh, this season. Uh, you know, very drastic changes. <laughs> Uh, this season, uh, to say the least, and uh, you know, we we got five losses right now, but you know, we we've got a, a almost completely imploded Chargers team uh, next week here, and uh, I mean, you know, they didn't look good. They don't look. They don't really, rarely look good uh, defensively. Um, that's is for sure. Uh, you know, going. Uh, I, I think it might be in Chicago. I mean, maybe it's. Regardless of where it's at, it's a home game for Chicago. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I don't know if we can string a couple wins together. Maybe we could start talking uh, with some of the other uh, division teams losing uh, this week. So uh, Detroit lost, and the, the Packers keep losing. So uh, oh yeah, forgot to mention him. Our running back uh, position. <laughs> and, uh, a pretty decent guy. <laughs> For Minorama, I know you started him in fantasy. Uh, uh, he had a, a very good game, uh, bouncing off people left and, uh, left and right. Uh, if anyone see, uh, watches Kyle Brandt uh, on uh, Good Morning Football, he gives out a uh, scepter, an angry runs scepter each week uh, to a, a player that has a lot of angry runs in uh Foreman had a, a couple, two or three of them uh, where guys are are literally like falling back when this guy makes contact with them. And, uh, you know, you, you got a big running back like that. I mean, this guy's not new to this position. I don't know why he was uh, held inactive the first couple weeks of the season because it, it doesn't really make much sense. I know we have got a pretty deep backfield, but, uh, you know, it just shows, you know, we – uh, when uh, Herbert gets healthy, you know, we're going to have him. Roshan Johnson's coming back healthy. He's uh, pretty ex- uh, explosive back as well. Uh, now Foreman kind of emerging as well. So uh, you got three guys that can, uh, you know, f- for surely get the job done. So at the end of the day, I, I think what it more proves than anything is that, you know, we've got skill guys around the offense and, and we've, we've got, guys that can make plays. Darnell Mooney can make plays. We've seen him do it before. He's just not getting targets. Uh, Cole Komet can make plays. Uh, you know, obviously DJ Moore can make plays. So I think it really does come down to this offensive line and, and really how they're playing and, and who's playing because uh, it seemed like we had a really, really good day uh, using the same offensive line as last year. 
uh, towards uh, the end of the season, Lucas Patrick being our center and uh, moving Cody Whitehair out uh, to left guard and uh, putting Tevin Jenkins back in right guard, which last year, uh, this at the beginning of the year, we had uh, Cody Whitehair snapping, uh, which obviously is a disaster. Uh, Tevin Jenkins playing left guard and Nate Davis playing right guard. And Nate Davis has been almost maybe the worst signing that uh, Pulse has had in his in his tenure here because I mean I know he got hurt but when this guy was in it was like nine eight pressures a game so uh, it's it's good to see us revert to our old um, offensive line group um, again and you know obviously we're we're finding success so uh, we still hold the number one pick uh, thanks to the Panthers having a bye week so whether Tyson Badgett is the guy uh, agent ba- agent Bajet is. I think what one of the announcers called him over the weekend, but uh, whether he's good or not, you know, we, we've still got uh, the first overall pick and uh, the third overall pick right now. Uh, hopefully the Cardinals can string some wins together here uh, to help us out. But um, yeah, it's pretty much uh, Chicago. Oh, pretty much. Uh, I mean, maybe a quarterback controversy. I'm not sure yet, but uh, right now, I mean, Tyson Bajit, in his last, you know, one start in fields, it was like one in 14 over his last 15 starts. So I know it's not all on him, but I don't know. There's something to, you know, keep an eye on in Chicago for sure. So, you know, Beijing from the preseason off the rip, I don't mean you or Rob were like, who is this kid? You know, what's what's going on with him? All-time leading passer in the, the NCAA history. So it's not... Just some slouch who, you know, we just signed off. This guy's looking. He's got some confidence, got some swagger for sure. Um, and, you know, excited to see him start again uh, this upcoming week. Early Agent Bajent is creating some uh, some conversations there in that uh, Chicago Bears quarterback room, which is a good thing. So, um, perfect. The Bears get the win. They go to 2-5. and five. Moving on, the Browns on the road. It was a close one, 39 to 38 against the Colts. Kareem Hunt's late touchdown um, seals the deal. Um, what a game this was. I mean, a lot of huge plays. Miles Garrett is the best defensive player in the league right now. Unbelievable performance, not just on the defense. He jumped over to block a kick. I mean, <laughs> it, I, 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 I want to vote for players, non-quarterbacks as MVPs, and he would be my first vote. Um, I think I think some non-quarterbacks deserve some MVP votes, uh, and I think uh, Miles Garrett definitely is one of those guys. But uh, the Colts, at the end of the day, after a crazy game, they get the win 39-38, uh, move to 4-2, and two, and then the Bills on the road, they lose to the Patriots, um, who are now 2-5. Uh, they win that one 29-25. Uh, the Giants, 14-7 uh, against the Commanders. Um, the Falcons on the road taking down the Buccaneers in a division matchup. Uh, as well, 16-13 to 13, uh, on the road. Young Wake, who I think now has two game-winning kicks, so that's uh, definitely uh, boosting his confidence. Um, the Lions probably go down to their worst game of the season played. Um, the Ravens, 38-6. to six, uh, Just a, a pure demolishing game for the Lions. Uh, they got beaten every facet of the game. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson was basically pretty much flawless that entire game, 38-6. to six. Um, The Steelers on the road take down the Rams, 24-17. to 17. Um, the Seahawks at home taking care of business 20 to 10 against the Cardinals. And then the two and four Packers. Uh, well, now they're two and four because of this game. They lose to the Broncos, who are now two and five, uh, 19 to 17. So 
Uh, not a lot of love for the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Chiefs at home take this one, uh, 31 to 17 against the Chargers. Um, so the Chiefs move to six and one, and the Chargers are just a sinking ship, kind of like us, two and four. Um, and then Josh, we can stop, um, with you on this one with the Eagles at home taking care of business against the Dolphins, 31 to 17 Sunday night football. Yeah. Uh, well, for starters, I don't think the score, uh, like tells the full story in this one. I don't think the game was as bad as the score indicates. The Dolphins were down seven with like maybe four or five minutes left in the game, I think. And they came across like a fourth and 10 from their own 20, 25, something like that. And so they basically had to go for it just because down in distance, have on the clock. So they go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. And all of a sudden, they just handed the Eagles the ball and almost in the red zone. So, I mean, the Eagles still punched it in to make it a two-possession game and kind of ice it away. But I think, like, this was still a one-possession game halfway through the fourth, give or take. So, I don't think the score tells the full story. Um, I guess I'll start by addressing a thing that I've seen Dolphins fans run rampant with, and that's the officiating. Uh, I don't want to say it's the reason we lost because I don't believe it is, but I do think officiating was questionable at times, and that's just unfortunate. Josh, I thought that that that, that game might have been the worst, one of the worst officiated games I've seen this season. It seemed like like there was not one penalty call on Philadelphia, right? Not one? There, there wasn't. Now, technically, there were two, but they were both offset by Dolphins' penalties. So, it's... And, like, there were a couple other games, right? Like, I think the Cleveland game versus the Colts had some questionable calls late. There were, like, several across the league, right? And it it sucks. Again, I don't want to blame the officiating on a loss because, like, I feel like that's cheap. But at the same time, it, it does impact the game, right? It's I, I would be wrong to say that it doesn't. And, then, you know, it brings up this whole thing about, oh, you know, with gambling going crazy, like, who knows, you know? Now, what's suspicious to me about it is that the one of the referees, it might have, I don't know if it was the head referee or not, but one of the referees in last night's game was from like a town 45 minutes north of Philly. So he grew up near Philly. Whether or not he was an Eagles fan or not, I don't know, but it was essentially his hometown team. And he was also suspended by the ACC uh, and not allowed to officiate, uh, I think, certain games because of unethical officiating practices or something like that. So you're looking at an NFL referee that was suspended by a college football conference. And, and like, to me, that's that should be a bit of a red flag, right? Like, and again, I don't want to put it all on officiating, but like 10 penalties to zero is significant, you know? And there's several, like, the, you could have called more than the Dolphins, I'm sure, but like the fact that not eight, not a single penalty was called on the Eagles is crazy, especially because there was a separate fourth down where there's like a still image of a Dolphins receiver. His helmet is like sideways because of a base mask, and it went uncalled. And there's a, there's a picture of Jalen Phillips like literally being held in the chokehold that you know it's not a hold or Jerome Baker 
literally got put in a chokehold and thrown on the ground, and it's like it's nothing. And then we saw the Christian Wilkins shove. They got called the rough and the passer. Like, I don't know. It, it was frustrating to watch because it, it felt like it, like I said, it, I don't want to blame it all on officiating, but it felt like that took, a, like, it, it took a lot of the wind out of the sails, too. You know, I, I think, like, I think Tua played a great game, truthfully. Uh, Tyreek did his thing. Jalen Waddle still continues to struggle with injuries. It feels like it happens all the time with him. Um, and it's frustrating because he's so good when he's on the field, but he's struggling to stay on the field a full game right now. Um, I think our defense did just about as much as we could have asked from them. They've kind of struggled even against not great teams throughout the season. So, like, 31 points off of, like, given up by the defense is kind of like, I mean – it's not great, but I also feel like our offense can score 30 on most nights. So I think defense did about as good as I could have hoped. Back to the offense, though, I think from a personnel standpoint, the biggest thing that hurt us was that we were missing three starting offensive linemen. And I think when when you only have 40% of your starting line, you're 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 in for a long night, right? So Connor Williams, the whole left side of the line was out. So Teron Armstead was out, so we had Isaiah Wynn in. Isaiah Wynn got injured. We had to bring in Lester Cotton, I believe. And then I know at center, uh, Connor Connor Williams was out, so we had to bring in Liam Eikenberg, who was the backup left guard and backup center. And then I don't even remember about the left guard situation, honestly. But it like it, it's just against that Eagles defensive line, it's tough. You know, like it, it, it was going to be a long night regardless. And that like the Dolphins couldn't run the ball. And so they resorted to trying to air it out because they couldn't run it. And it just, well, I think we got a little too one dimensional almost through no fault of our own, I guess, you know, like injuries and whatnot. So I don't know. It stinks, but like, man, that Eagles team is dangerous, dude. Like, I don't know that they're playing their best football that they look solid like they might have the best offensive and defensive line in football like they are built in the trenches you know and for the record I'm totally cool with the tush push brotherly shove whatever you want to call it like they ran it on us several times like I don't like I'm not upset by that like it like other teams have tried it and had offensive linemen get hurt or quarterbacks get hurt or whatever so like not everybody can run it and I don't think the league should ban it you know, like if it's a good enough play, then let them do it. You know, like I think there's no reason that they should ban it, right? Like it's obviously working for them. So I'm totally cool with it. I think uh, it'll be interesting. You know, some team will hire like a rugby consultant to come in and figure out how to move mass and push weight in those situations. But Top loss on the New England, I think will be fine. The whole narrative about the Dolphins are pretenders, they can't beat tough teams. I don't buy into it too much. Uh we played the Eagles and the Bills, two playoff teams on the road. So I mean, who knows? Uh I think we'll be just fine though. So And it might help getting uh Jalen Ramsey back 
uh, into some action. So um, I guess we can see if he'll practice this week and maybe potentially play. So uh, that'll be big for for your Dolphins. Uh, and then we'll go to Monday Night Football. I mean, the Vikings getting this win 22-17 to 17 over the Niners. I didn't really expect this result, but um, overall, uh, great offensive performance. Uh, I can get into that a little later. You know, good, uh, pretty solid defensive performance, making plays when they need to. Um, and just overall, I thought my my team actually showed some complimentary fo- complimentary football for once. Um, I haven't seen a complete game like this in a long time. And am I am I at, at all changing my profile picture on Zoom with the ta- with, with the sinking ship? Uh, and my overall outlook on this team in this season, no. This this one isn't going to make me magically turn face and think that we're going to, you know, make the playoffs and win a playoff game and make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. No. Um, but am I proud of the way my team played in primetime when the narrative was, you know, kind of against us? I, I damn well am. I am pretty happy with my team's performance, and um, I'm happy that, you know, we could do some things uh, on offense, on defense, and uh, ultimately in critical situations, which I've kind of been begging for um, to, to see from the team, um, just for us to be making plays when uh, the game is on the line, certain drives are on the line, um, the end of halves, end of games. Um, you know, there are situations that we still need to work on, obviously. Um, and I can start with the bad. Um, the red zone offense was... Uh, completely abysmal. Um, and Josh, you talked about the tush push that the Eagles run all the time, and that's like the story of the NFL. We we can't run it. I mean, we can't run it. The, the Eagles can run it. Um, other teams maybe could run it, but the Vikings, hell no, we cannot run it. Uh, we don't have a quarterback to run it. We don't have a quarterback that squats as much as uh, Jalen Hurts squats. We don't have... I, I just It just doesn't feel right whenever we do it, because when we tried it, uh, a couple times we, I think we had a, uh, our center Garrett Bradbury didn't even snap the ball one time, um, and then another time Kirk Cousins was not able to push forward uh, to get an inch because um, uh, Fred Warner was able to jump over the pile, and <laughs> I think we lost a couple of yards on that. So uh, yeah, we are definitely not a team to to try the tush push. And uh, overall, we did have some major major red zone issues. Uh, the score could have been even bigger on our side if we were able to get touchdowns uh really um and these are like low or like the red red zone we were down at the three down at the four um and we're still not able to 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 pound it in so that's definitely something that we can uh look into but uh overall you know i thought it was a master class of uh of a game from kirk cousins he was able to really really throw accurately consistently uh, throughout the game um and uh, one story we can talk about is the offensive line. Um, the offensive line was was superb. Really, we didn't allow a sack. Um, Christian Darisa, who now is uh, PFF's highest rated uh, offensive uh, lineman in the league, uh, didn't allow any pressures. Um, and he was going up. I think he allowed one pressure. But uh, when it came to Nick Bosa, the matchup between him and Nick Bosa, he did not allow a single pressure. Um and then Brian O'Neill continuing what he's done for his whole career. Uh, so it was good to see the entire offensive line, not just our tackle play, our interior offensive line, uh, come up big. Um, I know I mentioned the um, the run blocking grades, the pass blocking grades that we have. Uh, they, they're pretty good when, when it comes to comparing the rest of the league. It's just 
you don't really see it because you know we get sacked in critical situations but um, we really put it together um, from the offensive line standpoint in this game uh, not allowing a sack and Kirk Cousins do it a really damn good job of uh, managing the pocket stepping up and making uh, critical throws I mean I I don't have the number in front of me with the, how many yards he threw for uh, through four, but uh, it was up in the I think the four hundred something like that. He threw the ball so many times. The the plan was obviously to not run the ball uh, against that tough front, and uh, you, you got to find ways to hit throws. And Kirk did that consistently. Um, it was just a really good game for him. Um, and the play calling from uh, Kevin O'Connell was was awesome. I, I don't have a lot of complaints uh, from his play calling. He did a great job of sensing the blitz, and um, you know. Uh, running blitz counters, which were um, uh, screen plays to Cam Akers, which, you know, he had a couple of plays where he was popping off on those screens. Um, so, you know, a really good plan coming into it against a really good defense. Um, kind of a surprising result, to be honest. We were able to be, you know, near perfect. Um, obviously, there were some uh, lucky breaks we were able to get um, towards the end of that first half um, with um, with Addison obviously taking the ball away and getting the touchdown, but um, he did have uh, Charvarius Ward take the ball away from him on the first drive, so um, kind of a tit-for-tat situation there, but uh, our play obviously went for the touchdown, but um, yeah, just some some good football, good execution from, from the offense, and it was consistent throughout the game. Um, I don't think there was a lull period for the offense, maybe a little bit in the third quarter, but um, I thought when it really mattered that they really need to get that they really needed to get some first downs and some yards in the fourth quarter, in the, into the deep fourth quarter, they were able to convert um, Kirk was able to hit the throws, um, and, uh, essentially, you know, put the game, uh, put the game away. And, uh, we, it was, we were a missed field goal away from having the score be two scores. Um, but obviously with Joseph missing the kick and missing an extra point, they were able to hang around and have a final chance, um, at it, um, to, to tie the game and maybe win the game. But, um, the defense came up big. They, they came up big at the end, uh, not just at the end, but they were able to get the ball away from McCaffrey in the first quarter, made him fumble. Um, and then Cam Bynum, a guy that I've been uh, constantly on, he, he had a really good game, two interceptions, a forced fumble, um, and an interception, obviously, to to seal the game uh, at the end. Defensively, we were, we were good, um, not great. Um, obviously, you can kind of expect that with the defense we have uh, going from last in the league in almost every category last year to uh, really looking, you know, pretty damn good. It looks like we're finally getting, um, uh, you know, used to the system that, that Flo wants to run. Um, and we're, you know, pressuring, I think we're pressuring quarterbacks the most. Uh, well, we're blitzing the most. I know that for sure. Uh, pressure rate, uh, that's something that I need to look up. But uh, we are blitzing the most, and I think it's affecting quarterbacks. It's affecting offensive plans, um, and that's the style of defense I was begging for uh, last year and we're doing it now and you know we're seeing some success obviously not perfect uh, McCaffrey was able to get two touchdowns and Ayuk uh, was able to hit some big plays same with Kittle but uh, overall I mean there's nothing to, to complain about too much when it came to the defensive side of things uh, we made plays in critical situations we weren't able to do that throughout the entire year uh, we had young players step up a Caleb Evans um, not really young but uh, Daniel Hunter had a really good game, and Cam Bynum, who is young, who is young, who uh, who had a really good game as well. So, um, you know, for me, uh, I'm just happy with what I saw. And like I said, does this change my opinion with the Vikings and their outlook for the entire year? No, not really. I'm just, I'm just happy to see my team, you know, get one. As that uh, Kevin from the office said, uh, 
it's just nice to get one, you know, it's just nice to get one. Um, and we definitely, definitely got one. We have a tough test coming up this week. Not sure how this season is going to end and, you know, where we take a win like this, um, you know, how, how we react. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really all I had, uh, on my game. We can, uh, take it to the picks, Tony. I mean, I've said your name so many times. You take the win with nine correct picks. Um, Josh, you had four, I had seven and Parker, uh, you had four as well. Tony, you got to give me your victory speech for the second straight week. Oh my gosh. Wow. I, you know, totally unexpected to be honest with you. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just look at the stuff. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for the teams that made me look smart, um, for a couple of the losses, you know, uh, to those teams that made me lose, uh, screw you. But, uh, you know, to the guys that made me good, that made me look good. I, uh, I appreciate you, and hopefully we can keep it going. That is well said. Before we get into the Week 8 action, Parker, let's hit some uh, some news, some notes, some some injuries, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, uh, I'm only uh, just going to pull up. I guess we can just start with uh, Justin Fields again. Uh, being out, um, as I mentioned earlier, Jason Bashant is uh, going to get the start, but uh, I wouldn't be uh, surprised to see him out uh, maybe a couple more weeks, uh, maybe two or three more weeks. Uh, well, at least uh, we'll have uh, uh, Broncos, Kareem Jackson. I, I know we've seen him just nail a couple guys in the head a couple times. Um, and he's going to be uh, appealing his uh, suspension. is going to be uh, reduced down to two games instead of um, the four that it was originally handed down. Um, Daniel Jones is uh, his goal is to return versus the Jets, but still has a lingering uh, neck injury. Uh, Willis and uh, Leave Levis, whatever his name is, I don't even care what his name is. Could, they could both play if uh, Tannehill is out versus the Falcons. Uh, and that team obviously just a a huge uh, dumpster fire. Uh, that is the Tennessee Titans. Um, they should be looking to tank out of any team in the league uh, right now because they really need a, a, a quarterback. Um, we have uh, some really sadding, saddening news out of Kansas City. Uh, Justin Ross, old Clemson player, uh, Josh, uh, he is charged with a misdemeanor uh, domestic battery and uh, criminal damage. I don't know what goes through these guys' minds, uh, you know, when they have pretty much everything in, in the world at their fingertips. Uh, they go out and do stupid things. Uh, won't won't um won't ever get it. Uh, the Lions are are releasing uh Marvin Jones. Um, he's dealing with a family matter. Um, some big trading news. Um, over the weekend. Um, trying to think of his name. <laughs> Kevin Byard. <laughs> I I didn't have it pulled up. Uh, he's going to be going to. Philly, again, another uh, big trade for, for Philly, bringing uh, another defensive back uh, in, as it did with uh, Chauncey Gardner Jr. or Johnson last year. Um, they're going to be uh, trading Terrell Edmonds, and I believe a fifth and a sixth are going to Tennessee. So uh, Tennessee may be starting a, 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 maybe a, a dump off of uh, players. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, Deshaun Watson out of Cleveland again, uh, getting hurt. Um, his status uh, remains unknown. Uh, shoulder injury again, um, and I, I think he suffered another injury. I don't really know. I think it was a concussion, but 
he uh he's not looked good uh maybe not look bad per se but it doesn't really look great but uh just choosing maybe not to play i don't know what his deal is or what's going on but uh just not not looking um uh, not not looking good for uh watson uh, the Browns running back four is going to be out one or two weeks with the ankle sprain. So uh, Kareem Hunt is really going to be getting uh, the brunt of the carries, I would uh, assume, with uh, him being out. Uh, the Seahawks' top edge rusher, Nwosu, uh, is going to be needing pec surgery. He's going to be out for the season. Uh, that's another bad um, injury for him. Um and uh, the Cardinals are going to be placing Zats, Zach Ertz on IR. Um, I know he was a heavy trade uh, talk candidate, but it uh, looks like he's going to be uh, going on IR. Um, we had some weird news out of Atlanta. Uh, Bajon Robinson, Robinson got sick or was feeling sick, and uh, apparently the Falcons uh, re- uh, failed to report it to the league. Uh, so now they're doing some investigating on um, – you know, whether they uh, did the right thing or not um, in that one. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I don't really have anything else around. If you've got anything else, uh, I'll be sure to uh, say anything or share. I don't have anything, but uh, I think that uh, trade deadline's coming up quick. I think in a week, so I don't know. I know we or if you talked about it. The Titans probably should be selling at this point, so it should be something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, with that being said, we could head right into the week eight. Actually, we'll start with Thursday night football, Tony. Um, Buffalo, they are hosting the Buccaneers and are favorited to win by eight and a half. Are you muted, Sorry. Tony? Sorry. I was, uh, I was in a different, actually, I was in a different tab. My bad, took me a second, but. Uh, anyway, sorry for the delay. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills at this one. I think they've been uh, through a rough couple of weeks, you know, barely holding on against um, the Giants and then kind of really struggling a little bit until kind of late last week against New England. So I'll take the Bills mind saying to happen. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the Bills as well. It does seem kind of odd. It almost seems like they play down to the level of competition a lot because like other than the Dolphins game well the Commanders I think they whooped up one of them earlier but as of late right like the Giants Patriots it feels like they're almost playing down to the competition but I think they'll get back to their ways and I think they'll cover here and uh Bills I mean they're four and three all three of their losses have came as the away team even I mean London I guess they're like a neutral site but they're technically still away so all their losses have came on the road. They're the whole team in this one. I like the Bills. Um, you know, I I really want to say the Bills bounce back, but uh, I you know I think they still win the game. But the Buccaneers they have a pretty chippy defense. Um, since it is Thursday though, I don't know. I I'll trust the home team. I'll take the Bills, but I don't have a lot of confidence in it. Part. What about you? I'm going to take the Bills as well. Uh, like you said, I don't really trust them, but uh, I just think that they're the uh, better of the two teams. Fair enough. Uh, moving on to the Sunday games. We'll start with the Rams visiting Dallas to face the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are in North Tony are favored to win by six and a half. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Cowboys minus six and a half at home. How about you, Josh? 
Uh, I'm right there with you. I'll take the Cowboys at home. Me too. I will uh, as well. Park going to Bay. I'm going to be wrong with the Cowboys as well. Perfect. We, yeah, we, I guess we, uh, we have an NFC North division collision at Lambeau. Uh, looks like we might be seeing some precipitation, 38 degrees, uh, in Green Bay football weather. Um, Tony, right now, the Vikings, they're, they're going to be on the road to face the backers. And it was, uh, minus one Minnesota, but, uh, right now, um, it's even, so it's a pick Um, 12 o'clock we got. It is a pick em. Uh, it's been a while since the Vikings have won in Green Bay. I think it was like it was the year that uh, Deshaun Kaiser, I believe, was their quarterback because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I think that was the last time that the Vikings won on, on a Sunday night. Um, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, I don't really want to, but I think just because they're the home team, I'll go with the Packers in this one. Um, I don't know. It's probably going to be a, a pretty gritty game. So I'll take Green Bay, I guess. Just just by a little. How about you, Josh? This line is odd to me because the Vikings, I mean, I guess they are technically on a one day last rest than the than the Packers, right? Or, or the Packers coming up with a bye here. No, that's right. They played this weekend. So yeah, the Packers lost to the Broncos and the Vikings beat the 49ers and somehow this is even. Like uh, it like I feel like the Vikings is the easy pick here, and that that's who I'm gonna go with. But the the line makes me think Vegas knows something I don't, and that kind of kind of worries me. Yeah. So you said you're taking the Vikings, Josh? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. This is this is tough because you know I, I don't know if the Vikings respond well after success. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of experience with that this year so far, so. Um, I, I, I'll take the Packers. I think the Packers to save their season, they have to win, have to win the game. Um, right now I do think the Vikings are the better team than the Packers. Will we play, uh, up to our talent? Uh, we haven't really done that all year, really, except for, um, that win we had yesterday. So, I mean, I'll take, I'll take the Packers, uh, Matt Holbark, what about you? Yeah, this was tough. Um, you, you want to pick the Vikings, but. It's just it seems like it's such a a, a setup for for a, a disappointment. So I, I think I'm going to take the back from Bay. I'm really a place to play. Uh, first time Love is playing the Vikings, so um, it'll be interesting for sure. But I, I'm sure I'm sure they'll do fine. I'll take the Packers. Perfect. And I forgot to go over um, our I think we. Uh, seven reactions. Uh, I'll do that at the end because I did have some final thoughts on that. But uh, we can head to Tennessee where the Titans will be hosting the Falcons. Um, it looks like the, the Titans will be wearing their throwback uniforms, those, I think, those Oilers, uh, those Oilers jerseys. So that should be interesting. Tony, Atlanta on the road, two and a half. Definitely. Um, I'll take, I'll take the Falcons. I think they'll get the dub on the road. I'll be Joshua. Uh, um, I feel like the Falcons are kind of like the Bills in a weird way that like I like them a lot more at home. Um, but I I'll, I'll I'll take the Falcons in this one. 
Yeah, the Falcons are a tough team to predict. Um, and just, I mean, so going into this game, there's a lot of stories. I don't know if Bijan Robinson will be the same because he did have a little bit of an illness last week. I don't know if he'll be uh, taking the majority of the carries. Regardless, the Falcons are a run-heavy team. I'm trying to talk while I look at the, this match over here. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who to pay. Uh, you know what? I'll take the, the quarterback situation either, right? Like, right. It's like I would be more inclined to take Tennessee, but I, I'm not confident that Tannehill plays personally. So, I mean, that doesn't make things any clearer, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. What basically what Parker said too is Will Levis and um, Malik Willis. Those are two very close names. Um, they'll they'll be splitting reps. I don't know how that's going to work, but. I don't know. The Titans find ways to win games like this. I don't know why they always do, but I'm not. I, I'm just gonna play it safe here. I'll take the the Falcons. What about you, Parker? Uh, they say if you have two quarterbacks, uh, you have none. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the Falcons uh, just because uh, I don't. I don't trust uh, uh, the Titans with any bone of, of my body. That's fair. There, it looks like they'll be selling too. Um, next up, we have. Nolens. 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 I don't know why we didn't say that earlier when we were talking about Nolens, but that's okay. My bad, my bad. Uh, they will be visiting Indianapolis uh, to face the Colts, and right now the Colts are favored to win by one at home, Tony. I think I'll take the Colts in this one. Um, last week was kind of a, a tough game for them against Cleveland. I think there was some mediocre calls, but also Cleveland, I mean, played really, really well, and as we talked about, Miles Garrett is just on another level, it seems like right now, but uh, I'll, I'll take the Colts minus one at home. How about you, Josh? I think I'll take the Colts at home in this one as well. Mid-Germania, you know? Uh, I think the Saints find a way to escape from India. Ooh, I, I, know, I don't know, because I actually, I don't know if we discussed this or not. Do you think Olave plays this week? That's tough. I don't know. It took, I see Addison when he had that situation. It was in the preseason, so I, I don't know the timetable with these types of things, man. As that's a really good question. Regardless, I'll take the Saints, but we're not going to you. Think, um, I think um, Alave got arrested, and uh, Addison just got a ticket. If I'm not wrong, that I think you're right about that. But if he gets bailed out, he could be at practice by the next day and not really. Yeah. But it, at that point, it might be coming down to like the team like enforcing a penalty on him or something like that. But um, I don't care why they would because they want things like their best receiver. But you know, obviously, you got to set a standard. But um, uh, regardless of all that uh, being said, uh, I want to go with the Min. <laughs> Uh, led Colts. I don't know why you're funny. Um, Lubin, Josh, let's start with you on this one. Um, we have the Patriots coming to town to Miami to face the Dolphins right now. Miami's favorited to win by nine and a half. Josh. Well, I'm going to take the Patriots to cover in this one. I know, like, statistically, I think the Dolphins are the, like, better team, I guess, spread and everything. Um, the the Patriots now here here's my thought process right so the, the Dolphins have already played the Patriots in New England right and yeah. the Bills have also played the Patriots in New England the Bills lost twenty nine to 
whatever it was, 24, 25, something like that. The Dolphins beat them 24 to 17. I just feel like with some injuries to the offensive line, um, I did see that Isaiah Wynn got placed on injured reserve. Uh, They did elevate Nick Needham, but I don't know that he plays this week. I just feel like with injuries to the offensive line and knowing that it's a divisional game, I just have a top five. Like the and again, they just beat the Bills, who murdered the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. So it's like, I think the Dolphins can still win, but in a division game, I'm gonna have a hard time taking a spread outside of like six or seven points. So I think the Dolphins can still win, but I think the Patriots can cover the nine and a half. Um. For me, man, and there's a lot of plays that the Dolphins obviously weren't able to convert on against the Eagles. It's it's tough to st- to stop that that offense, man. Raheem Mostert, Tyree Kill, Tua, Waddle, whenever he's healthy. I'm taking the Dolphins, man. That that's really all I got. Uh, Tony, what about you? I think I'm going to go the same route as Josh. I think just because it's kind of a divisional game, I think these games always find themselves to be a lot closer than we think they might be. Um, I do respect the Dolphins, and I think they have a lot of great weapons, but it just seems like whenever these two match up, it's usually a really close game. So I'll I'll, I'll take the Dolphins to win, but I'll say uh, Patriots uh, plus nine and a half. And uh, Parker, what do you got? (laughs) Well, thanks, Tons. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, Dolphins uh, to win this game and to... uh win by more than uh whatever they're winning by so uh yeah nice predictions yeah <laughs> uh moving on we have a battle for for new york city here um i don't know if spidey will be in attendance um we have the jets visiting visiting the giants um and right now the jets are favored to win by three on the road tony quote unquote uh, yeah, it'll be in, it's interesting this goes down. It's a technical road game. Uh, I'll take the Jets minus three on the road. How about you, Josh? I'm right there with you. I'm taking the Jets in this one. This is going to be played at Jet Life Stadium, baby. Go Jets. Mark, one by you. Oh. Um, you know the... Uh, uh, I might go with the Jets. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> moving on, we have the Steelers hosting the Jaguars. Um, and Jacksonville on the road is favorited to win by two and a half. Tony, over under 42 points. Fair uh, I'm going to take this. Uh, I'll take the Jaguars minus two and a half on the road. I think Steelers are really good. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. Well, you're good. It's like I look at this and it's so surprising to me that, like, the Steelers are four and two, and the Chargers are two and four. You know, like that just seems right. wrong to me. Wrong. That, that's like textbook Tomlin, though. You know, like oh, like getting the most out of his team. I'm gonna take Jack Jacksonville. I'm gonna take the Jaguars in this one. Like, I just feel like it shouldn't even be two and a half. The Jaguars can win by more, but it's like. Somehow the Steelers, like very good defense, and they just find ways to win. I saw a stat that they have the longest streak of uh, like 53 games without 400 total yards of offense. 
it's the longest streak in the league going back to like 2020 and their record is like 32 and 20 something in that span or something crazy so like their defense is just so good it's they competitive find ways to win so but I, I, I don't know I'm taking the Jaguars yeah this is this is a coin flip Josh you're making me want to change my vote just because of the, the Steelers defense have just been so good but uh, the Jaguars on offense have kind of figured it out really Travis Etienne has been one of the best running backs in the league um, I'll take Jacksonville on the road let's give him some love Mark what about you I don't think I would roll with uh, Jacksonville's ball. Get some uh, extra days to get healthy. I know that they were kind of banged up uh, and coming off, I think, 14 days rest. So I'll take uh, Jacksonville to win this one. And for what it's worth, I don't think they've hit their peak from offensive standpoint either. I think they, they still have kind of like the Eagles. I think there's like another gear that they can still find. Yeah, and that, that gear involves getting Calvin Rid- Ridley the ball. So um, they, they got to figure that out for sure. Um, moving on, we have an NFC East division collision. We have the Eagles um, traveling to Washington to face the Commanders. Uh, Jonathan Allen will be trying to, to to rebound his team after that uh, uh, embarrassing loss against the Giants. Looks like the Philly, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, Tony, are favorited, favorited to win by six and a half. I'm struggling with this one, bud. That's okay. You should have heard me earlier. Uh, I'll take the Eagles as well. I, I think the Commanders hopefully will score more than seven points. Uh like last week hopefully they score more than that uh but i'll take the eagles minus six and a half with the tush push how about you josh yeah i mean as silly as it sounds i always want to think about how you know the last time these two teams faced off in philly it went in overtime and when they played each other last season in washington they ruined the actually no they were in philly when they ruined their uh perfect season last year mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, again, it's a division game, so it's tough to go too crazy with the spreads here, but I don't know. I, I, I'll take the, I'll take the Eagles in this one. Yeah, me too. For some reason, the commanders find ways to, to play the Eagles really tough. Um, last year in Washington, though, it wasn't really close. I think the Eagles exploded on them in Washington. Um, I'll take the Eagles. Mark, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Kind of hard to go against uh, that team right now. Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, Moving on, we have the Texans visiting the Panthers. The Panthers, I think think both these teams are fresh off of a bye. So uh, two teams that are fresh, Tony, right now, the the Texans on the road, they're favorited to win by a field goal. We'll have some uh, some good uh, quarterback matchup here. CJ versus... uh... Or wait, is he still, is he out? Young? No, Bryce, it's actually going to be a fun matchup. CJ Stroud. Bryce Young. The one versus two pick. Yeah, okay. I For some reason, I thought maybe he'd be out. But uh, yeah, so a very highly anticipated matchup here. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans. Uh, I trust CJ in that offense and that whole Texans team a little bit more. So I'll take Tex- the Texans. Josh, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think the... Texans all around are still just a better team than the Panthers. So um, I'll take Houston minus three. Let's have some fun with this one. I think Bruce is going to show up. I think he's going to show Uh-oh. up off of a bomb. Win number one, huh? 
And if there's a good win number one over Houston, the Houston Texans, they have to look bad sometime. And I don't know if it's going to be this time, but I'm going to predict it into existence, hopefully. I am taking the Panthers to win at home and get their first win. Uh, Barker, what about you? No, I know that you're just mad that you're just going further and further away from the overall, the first overall pick. So um, I know that's why you want the Panthers to win. Uh, and you're just salty that we've got the first overall pick right now. But uh, with that all being said, um, I think Houston is going to definitely win all this game. The, the Panthers are going to, they're not going to win a game this year. They're going to help the Bears get the first overall pick. So that's, that's my first. You wish. Go Panthers. Moving on, we have the Browns. This is the three o'clock games now. We have the Browns visiting the Seahawks. Uh, Seattle, they're actually favored to win by three points at home. A low over under Tony, 39 and a half. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. Uh, Browns, I think, will play a really good game, but I'll take the, Se- the Seahawks by three. How about you, Josh? I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to take the Browns in this one. I feel like the Browns might have the best defense in the NFL. Uh, and Watson or P.J. Walker, I think that defense will be able to keep them in it for the most part. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the Browns in this one. Ah, uh, you make some good points, Josh. But I'm gonna go with Seattle. I think they're the better overall team. I do think the Browns have a really good defense, but they got, you know, they they allowed a lot of big plays um, against the Colts. So I'll. I'll take the Seattle Seahawks at home. Hopefully they get uh, DK Metcalf uh, healthy and ready to go. Part four, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to have to go both the Seahawks too. I, I just think about that defense against PJ Walker and it, it gives me a scary thought. So I'll take, uh, I'll talk to the uh, Seahawks. Uh, perfect. Moving on. We have the Chiefs visiting the Broncos in another division collision over there in Denver. Uh, Tony, right now, um, the Chiefs on the road are favored to win by a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Eight points. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I think uh, it seems like these Chiefs-Broncos games in Denver are always end a little uh, end with a little bit of chaos. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to win, but I'll take the Broncos to cover. So I'll take Denver plus eight. How about you, Josh? I'm actually right there with you. I mean, the Chiefs did beat them, uh, I think, only two weeks ago in Kansas City. They won by 11. Um, yes. But in Denver, division matchup, I think like seven, maybe seven and a half is like my cutoff. Anything higher than that. I'm, I'm going to take the Broncos to cover in this one. Um, I'll stick with the road team on this one. I'll take KC. There's nothing really, I don't know. There's a full game, then there's a full game. So, I don't know. I'll take the better team here. Park, what about you? Yeah, I definitely kept the city. I know, no doubt about that. Uh, perfect. Moving on, we have the Ravens uh, visiting the Cardinals. And right now, the Ravens are favored to win by 8.5, Tony. I'll take Baltimore by 8.5. That'll be you, Josh. You was quick with it there, huh? Um, yeah. I'll... I mean, we just saw the Ravens. It feels like they might be heating up. You know, they might have a hot streak here. Um, so uh, I think I'll take uh, take the Ravens as well. Yeah, um, I, I like the, the Ravens on the road. Mark, what about you? Yeah, no, no, no doubt about this one as well. I'll take the Ravens. 
Uh, perfect, Tony. You have your Bengals off of a bye visiting San Francisco. Uh, two straight losses for them. Uh, they're going to be open to rebound, um, but it's going to be against the hot Bengals. Um, right now, the San Francisco 49ers are favorited to win by five and a half. And not a, I mean, super awesome coming off a bye, but uh, yeah, going to be playing a very motivated uh, 49ers team. I feel like they want to um, really kind of make it a, make a statement after these kind of two losses. And uh, I think I'm actually for the first time in, for the first time this season, I think I'm actually going to go with the 49ers uh, minus five and a half. Um, I just think that if I'm being real, uh, I think the 49ers win this game. Um, I think the Bengals put up a good fight, but the 49ers, I feel like, you know, losing two games in a row, um, this is a statement game, I feel like, for them and kind of a, a very important game for them in that fact because uh, you you start losing, you know, three games in a row. I mean, who knows? So I'll take uh, – love my Bengals, but uh, my uh, I'll take the 49ers. How about you, Josh? I do I mean, I'm going to take the 49ers in this one as well, but, I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised that the Bengals pulled one out. I feel like they have the team that's capable, and I also kind of feel like like maybe there's a chance that the 49ers have been figured out a little bit or Purdy is kind of falling back down to earth a little bit. So, I, I like, I could see the Bengals pulling it off here, but I'll, I feel like I'll – lean on the safer side i'll just take the 49ers here yeah i will as well but i think we're here for a really good game maybe a game of the week because we have two desperate teams i think the Bengals are going to be playing desperate because they're i think last in their division um with the Browns, the ravens and the steelers um so we'll see the best of the Bengals, and we'll also see the best of the niners because of their the, the last two weeks um and they are three three and oh at home so i'll take i'll take the niners uh, to win this one, but we are in for a good game. Mark, what about you? Yeah, this one is a uh, what could have been matchup of uh, a couple of years ago for the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, the uh, 49ers lost to the Rams uh, the championship game before going. So this is a what if Super Bowl matchup here. Um, but it really comes down to me if uh, Trent Williams can play or not. Uh, if Big Trent can play, um, I I think that that really be get the Brock Purdy I don't know some type of extra confidence or something but it seems like whenever he's in the in the lineup like they're they're really playing good um man that's tough I, I think I'll take San Francisco I can't see them losing that many games in a row perfect Parker we'll stay with you Sunday night football we have um agent Bajent on the road facing the charges like you said probably a lot of Bears fans in that stadium um Sunday night football the the Chargers are favorited to win by eight and a half at home. Yeah, that is a really big uh, number there. It gives a pretty good Bears defense. If you look the last couple of weeks, they've only allowed uh, like less than 20 points in each game or uh, 20. So um, I think we'll take uh, we'll take the Bears to cover, but I think the Chargers win. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll go backwards this time. Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree with that. But you know, I think the Chargers they need to win this game. I it's, if they lose this game, I think Staley is either gone or close to being gone. And we can talk about some hot butts on the next episode because there are some flaming, flaming hot butts. Um, I think oh, I'll stick with the Chargers at home. I mean, they have to. They have to win this game. Josh, what about you? I mean, I I'm gonna take the Bears to cover. Honestly, like 
I feel like the Chargers, like, can and probably should win this game. But I also feel like the Chargers seem to find ways to kind of shoot themselves in the foot, too. So, I I think the Bears, I mean, who knows? Maybe last week was a fluke, you know, with Bajan, you know, battle of the backups. But, I, I mean, I think the Bears can keep it competitive. So I'll take the Bears to cover. What about you, Tony? I'm going to go the same route as Josh and Parker. I think you guys made a great point about um, kind of. I, I just feel like that spread is just pretty big, and I think the Bears have f- figured out a couple things on offense definitely to make this game very competitive. Um, but I, I do think the Chargers do ultimately win this game. So Bears cover, but Chargers. I I do not want to see that press conference if the Chargers lose this game, I might tell you that much. Um, Tony, let's stick with you. We have Monday Night Football. The Raiders on the road will be um, in Detroit to face the Lions, who are eight-point favorites at home, Monday Night Football. Definitely. On paper, this looks like a really favorable matchup for the Lions, and I think that they will get the job done, so I'll take Detroit minus eight at home. Maybe we'll see Eminem. How about you, Josh? Um... I'm going to take the Lions in this one. I don't know if it matters to me if Brian Hoyer or Jimmy G plays, personally. I feel like last week, like, yeah, the Lions looked bad, but I feel like every team, it seems like, has one of those games every couple weeks where they just absolutely stink it up, and you just kind of say, oh, well, on to the next one. And I think when you look at the Lions as a whole on this season, they've looked pretty solid, so I'll take Detroit minus eight. Yeah, uh, I will as well. Um, and after this, I'll go over some NFL thoughts that I had. We can start with you guys as well. But I had a lot of things, not a lot, but just a couple of things to hit on with, with Josh McDaniels as he's also entering my hot butt conversation. I'll take the Lions at home. Park, what about you? Um, yeah, I think I'll take the uh, Lions at home as well. Uh, not really a whole lot I've seen from uh, Vegas last week against the Bears. So I'll, I'll take the Lions. Uh, perfect. Okay. So let's go back to some NFL thoughts on, I think, week seven. Uh, Tony, do you have anything you wanted to go over? Um, I guess the Patriots finally put together a, a game-winning drive, and finally, 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 in week seven, got Bill Belichick his 300th win. Um, I know he didn't really want to say anything about it, but I, I, just, I mean, that's pretty elite company. Uh, joins Don Shula and George Hallis as the only head coaches to get to 300 wins. Um, yeah, that's, that's really all I kind of wanted to say. I thought there was, uh, yeah. How about you, Josh? Do you got any ideas? I, I think I'm pretty good. I'm all good. Rom? Perfect. Yeah. For me, I had a, a few, a couple, uh, Sam Howell. I think he's the most sacked quarterback. If, if this continues the, the rate of him being sacked, I think he'll be going down as the most sacked quarterback of all time, which is crazy. But right now he obviously leads that category of being sacked. And a lot of it is on him. He tries to uh, extend plays, uh, which, you know, quarterbacks should do, but he's getting himself into a lot of trouble. So there's definitely some congruency issues, I guess, with him and his offensive line. Um, so just a crap show in Washington. I don't expect it to last the entire season. I think Ron Rivera is gone midway through the season. Uh, Black Friday is um, uh, will be upon us uh, after that last uh, regular season week, and I don't do not think Ron Rivera is going to be uh, the Washington coach uh, for sure. 
And then Jordan Love, a, t- a guy that we will be playing this weekend. I don't think he's been seeing the field that well. Um, he's kind of like a perfect uh, pocket. For, what was it? Perfect protection pocket Kirk Cousins. Uh, perfect pocket Kirk Cousins. But it's kind of like a perfect pocket for Love that he needs to produce. And I don't think he, um, especially towards the end of the games, he's kind of screwed the pooch. He screwed it up against the Raiders where he kind of threw an underthrown ball in the end zone that was picked off. Uh, against the Raiders to lose the game, and then he kind of underthrew another deep ball against the the Broncos, which uh, ultimately led them uh, to lose the game as well. So I, you know, he he has good moments. Uh, Jordan Love does, but I just don't think that he he's completed as a player yet. And obviously, you see that with young young quarterbacks. But um, they, I think the Packers could have won two games that they've lost. So um, I definitely want to see what Love can do. I guess going down going down the year, but. Um, what the heck is going on with uh, Deshaun Watson? Because uh, apparently when he was clear, he was actually clear to come back to the game um, against the Colts, but he decided to keep himself out. So um, I think there's a lot of self-doubt he has with his shoulder and his, I don't know, maybe he's maybe he's scared. I don't know. Maybe he's scared to get back in there and get hit because he took a shot, man. He he really got hit yeah, hard. guaranteed money, dude. I feel like he, I don't even know if he wants to play, honestly. Like, I feel like he got his guaranteed money. And, and at the slightest inconvenience, he's like, oh, my safety, my health. Like he, he's making up anything to not play because his money's yeah. guaranteed. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, that's, wow, what a what a, what a waste uh, of, of money that the Browns just spent. I mean, I don't know if you could predict something like that with a player, but uh, definitely not a good look for, for Watson. But maybe he really is injured, and maybe I'm just talking out of my ass, but. Uh, we'll see. But then Josh McDaniels. Oof, Josh McDaniels. Uh, Parker, maybe you can talk a little bit about this if you, if you want. But um, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, um, the, the Raiders were, were going down the field, and they had a fourth and, I think, fourth and three maybe uh, in Bears territory. Uh, they went for it, and they got it. Um, and then I think four plays later, they were faced with another fourth down, a little bit closer to the end zone. But then he kicked a field goal. Can somebody explain this to me? J- this is not the first time where Josh McDaniels has made questionable uh, decisions. And then when he was asked about it in the press conference, um, he didn't really give a, a straight answer. And then he was also asked about uh, Aiden O'Connell not starting, and he talked about the preseason. And he didn't really give a straight answer about that either. So he is being added to my hot butt list officially um, with Ron Rivera. They can stir the pot together with their butts. Um, so that's that's really all I had for uh, NFL. Dodds Park, what about you? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're, we're coming up here to midway uh, point of the season. Um, I mean, like, like Josh was, was mentioning with, uh, the, the dolphins, I, I do see a lot of refs like almost taking over games at, at some points and it, it, it is annoying to watch it. It's not fun to watch games are not fun when the refs are involved. Um, and uh, I, I just hope that somehow, some way, we can find a way to get better at this. But, um, I mean, they they have so much screen time, and it, it's really convenient place too. It, it seems like, but it's it's really uh, you know something to keep an eye out for me for sure. But it's yeah. like to piggyback off of that really quickly. Like this conversation happens every year, <laughs> you know, like. I'm pretty sure we talked about this at one point last year, too. And it's like, at the end of the day, bad officiating, unless it really hurts the league, like, 
bad publicity is still publicity and it gets people talking about the league and it's kind of like promotion in a way even if it's bad promotion so i feel like to an extent they're probably okay with it you know until like i saw that uh some other news article like the associated press or something had an article about how bad officiating was in the sunday night game and it's like maybe they care if like non-sports media starts to talk about how bad it is but at the same time like like if we talk about it every year and it's like publicity and it's like will it change who knows Maybe that has something to do with the Taylor Swift situation too, which is why they are probably begging the the production teams for these TV channels to, to show her um, because then it gets her whole audience over to watch the game. It's, all, it's, a, it's a business at the end of the day, man. I think you're right about that. Maybe these are two different situations, but uh, yeah, Parker, anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Just another week gone by. Yeah, let's enjoy these uh, next coming, I guess, halfway marks of the season because, uh, you know, we'll be looking back when we're in the summer at these uh, these weeks here. So, uh, Josh, you can take it away with some fantasy football talk. All right, sweet. Um, so, uh, I'll go over some uh, – sorry, I just saw – Dolphins are wearing the throwbacks this weekend. Just saw that, so that's pretty neat. Um, the All the lights in Miami, that's sick. Um. But, okay, so I'm going to go over – I'll throw a couple names out there as what I would consider some of the top waiver wire pickups uh, at each position. Well, I won't do, like, defenses and kickers or whatnot. I will throw it out there. If you did have Brett Mayer, uh, you should probably look for a replacement. Um, poor dude uh, got cut after uh, – I think they said he – had like two missed field goals and a missed PAT, and they lost by seven. So uh, he got cut, I believe. So uh, if you're like me and you had him on one of your fantasy teams, then you, uh, uh, you're going to need to find a replacement. Uh, for me, kicker replacement, I just go through the waiver wire. I look at who's ranked the highest on the season. Preferably, if they already had their bye week, that would be even better. And then you just kind of roll with them. But you can always just string kickers every week anyways based on matchup. So I wouldn't worry too much about that one. So uh, starting off at quarterback, uh, I've got C.J. Stroud listed here. He put up a couple of good weeks even against some decent competition. And now he's got the Panthers coming off of a bye. I know the Panthers are also coming off of a bye. But uh, I like the matchup there, and I think, uh, he could be a solid play. Um, I've also got Gardner Minshew listed. Uh, he's probably not as good of a quarterback in fantasy as Anthony Richardson was, but he can be decent in a way for different reasons, right? Like Gardner Minshew's not going to have the rushing yard or rushing touchdowns that, well, he did have a rushing touchdown this last week, actually, but he's not going to put up the same rushing yards as Anthony Richardson, but he will kind of air it out, and if he avoids the turnovers, I mean, we saw him this past week. He he put up 27, 28 fantasy points against the Browns, and I said earlier, they're one of the better defenses in the league. So I think there is some potential there. Um, I've also got, if you're a little more desperate, I would say you can throw in, like, Derek Carr. 
he's kind of had his moments. I I don't know if I trust him fully. He looks like he's I don't know. He like the Thursday night game against Jacksonville. That offense seemed like they were out of sorts until like halfway through the fourth quarter before they flipped a switch. So I don't know if I really trust that. If you're desperate, I'd say it's an option. If you're really desperate, you could look for a guy like Tyrod Taylor, Tyson Bajet. I don't know if I would commit to that truthfully, but the other name I want to throw out there is uh, Kyler Murray. I think he's probably going to get activated here soon. You're We're coming up on the last few weeks where you can probably snag Kyler for free. Like, it's like he still shows up as out or whatever in most league formats. So I think you could probably still snag him right now. You give it another week or two after he gets activated, everybody's going to see that. And if they have a quarterback outside the top five, they're probably going to inquire about it at least. So I think if you can, if you're having quarterback issues, I think you can snag Kyler now and hopefully, uh, hopefully, He'll work out here in a couple weeks for you. Uh, at the running back spot, I've got Kareem Hunt listed. Uh, I picked him up in one of my leagues, and then I benched him because he was listed as questionable, and he had, had 15 points. He had, I think, one, maybe two touchdowns or something. I do think he got out-snapped by Jerome Ford, but I think Jerome Ford also had a high ankle sprain. Uh, so I think Kareem Hunt is where I would go. You could go Pierre Strong if you think that they kind of throw Pierre Strong into the drone forward role and keep Kareem Hunt in the role that he currently has. But at the, I, I think it's more likely that they do like more of a 50-50 and Kareem Hunt is going to get the red zone touches or the goal line touches, so more of the important touches, I would say. So I, I would take Kareem Hunt personally. Um, you can look for uh, Darrell Henderson. If he's available with the Rams, um, conversely, I know I'm not really talking about players to drop, but Zach Evans is droppable. Uh, like everybody thought he would, he would get his shot as a rookie. He's the third stringer behind Cam Akers and Kyron Williams. Cam gets traded, Kyron gets injured. They signed two guys off the practice squad. One of them was on the couch last week, and they're both starting over. So, uh, unfortunately, if you have Zach Evans. And honestly, I guess you hold and hope, but in redraft, I think you just let him go at this point. But Darrell Henderson, it looks like uh, he's the better pass blocker, which is probably what got him more snaps. So I think I would ride with him for right now. Also, uh, Amari DiMercato with the uh, uh, Cardinals is still available. Uh, I think you could look at Jeff Wilson Jr. I know he only had like 1.8 points this past week or something. I think he'll he'll get ramped up. Um, a little worried that the Dolphins O-line is getting injured and that'll hurt things, but I think uh, there's still a good chance that once he's 100%, he'll be like a goal line third down type back. And so I think uh, being the second running back in the Dolphins, uh, offense has generally not been a bad thing. So uh, I think the Dolphins so far have been able to sustain two running backs. So I think uh, he could be solid until uh, HN gets back. Um, 
Also, I've got a uh, Tajay Spears still listed here. Uh, I think Aram kind of mentioned it earlier. Like the Titans feel like they're really close to being sellers here soon, and in the slim chance that Derrick Henry does get shipped off, uh, I think Tajay Spears is going to get a lot of touches, which uh, bodes well for his fantasy value. And then that's really all I have. If you want to, you can go for a guy like Josh Kelly. Like it's weird how it seems like he does better when Eckler is there than when he was the, the RB1, but could consider it, I guess. Um, moving over to the wide receiver spot, I've got Tank Dell listed. I think he kind of got forgotten because the injuries and the bye week, but he had a couple of 20-point-plus performances, I think. So I think he's a guy that should absolutely be worth uh, considering. Similarly, Josh Downs of the Colts. I think uh, uh, he's had him a couple of good games, and as bad as it sounds, like Anthony Richardson was a good fantasy quarterback, but the wide receivers are better fantasy receivers with Gardner Minshew. Like Minshew's got to air it out more, and I just think Josh Downs seems like he might be the guy. Um, but I also think they can support multiple receivers in that offense for the time being, right? Him and Pittman. Um, also, I think I've thrown these names out there before, but uh, Michael Wilson and uh, Romeo Dobbs, I think you could take a chance on either of those guys. If you're not in on Michael Wilson, you could maybe go with Rondell Moore, which I guess, you know, whichever one you're more confident in with that uh, Cardinals offense. Um, I've also got JSN listed. He's, he's kind of dependent on the health of DK. I think he obviously saw some more time because of DK's injury. Um, but I think it could be worth a stat ash. Uh, you could see his role increase here in the next couple weeks. And then uh, some other pretty big ones to end off here, uh, Josh Palmer and Rashi Rice. Uh, Rashi Rice looks like he's the guy that's starting to step up and get a lot of the uh, wide receiver one snaps in Kansas City. I know it's still worrisome, right? You've got, like, Sky Moore, MVS, but I think Rashi Rice is starting to look more and more like the wide receiver one. I mean, technically, Kelsey is wide receiver one, but uh, Rashi Rice, I think, is looking like the next best option in that offense. And then Josh Palmer. Uh, for whatever reason, Quentin Johnston still hasn't kind of developed into what I think we were hoping or thinking he would be, and Josh Palmer's been... I think pretty solid. And then lastly, at the tight end spot, um, I think uh, Dalton Kincaid uh, should be a decent option. He was drafted in a bunch of leagues, I believe, but I know he's also been dropped in a lot because he didn't really produce like people thought he would early, which like I expected personally because we knew Dawson Knox was already there, but it does seem like his involvement is starting to increase, so I think you can go for uh, Dalton Kincaid. Um Trey McBride, I know we, uh, Parker mentioned that Zach Ertz is getting put on the IR or something like that, or I believe. So uh, with him out for a while, we know Ertz did technically get a lot of targets under Josh Dobbs. So uh, Trey McBride coming in as a replacement, I think, is an option. Um, I've also got Dalton Schultz listed here. Uh, I think that Texas offense, they're decent enough. He, he, he has his games, right? And Tight ends, I've said it a million times. It's a wasteland. Like, I think Gerald Everett or Logan Thomas or other guys you could go for. 
I'm maybe wouldn't go with Logan Thomas this week just because he's going up against the Eagles. Um, I'd, I'd like Gerald Everett a little bit more, but um, I'll end on a wild card kind of here. But Taysom Hill, we're starting to see like he's still getting a decent amount of usage, especially with Jawan Johnson injured. So I think he might be worth the stash, especially if you're like desperate or if you just want to throw him in there and like know that he might score two, he might score 30. Like Taysom Hill might end up with the passing touchdown. You don't, you don't know, you know? So he's kind of a wild card and he's more of a boomer bust guy. But if you're, if, I would say if you if you have a lot of like safe floor players that you know are guaranteed to get you like a decent amount of points, and you want to take a risk on like a a boom or bust guy, you know that's, that's this is kind of one of those like how risk averse are you personally with your lineups? Like how much risk are you willing to take off? And I think if you have a lot of other safe options, then I think like it could be worth it to take a flyer on a guy like Taysom Hill because if he pops. Like you're probably gonna win your week, you know. Um, so that's uh, that's all I've got for the fantasy for this week. Yeah, that's perfect, Josh. I just wanted to mention how crazy it is uh, that people drop so much fab on guys that they don't even know um, how they're gonna perform. And obviously, that's the game. But guys like Zach Evans and then uh, that Cardinals running back uh, Di Mercado, I, I, I've seen some crazy amounts of fab being dropped on these guys. And they are even, I mean, maybe D. Marcato after having a good week and gets, uh, you know, the primary touches. But Zach Evans, I don't even think he uh, saw the field more over over uh, Royce Freeman. So that's it's interesting to see how people spend their fab for sure. Um, right. Yeah, well, that's going to... Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry. I was going to say, like, just because he brought it up, uh, I thought about... Uh, think uh, Christian Kirk, I don't know if he was drafted very much with the uh from the Jaguars. I know you kind of called that one. We kind of debated. You your hot take was that Christian Kirk could be a wide receiver for one. Like they they did pay him a lot of money, right? And I was more on the Calvin Ridley side, but Ridley hasn't really performed a ton this year. But then so you you kind of got me there, but then also I kind of got you at the running back. I, I was all in on ETN and you were more into the Bigsby hype, and it's kind of it hasn't worked out yet. Has to like running backs injuries pop up left and right, so he might have a time to shine here soon. Who knows? But I thought that was funny. Like it's the nature of fantasy. You're gonna hit on some guys with some guys. You know, like my Keith Mitchell pick. I don't think he's hardly taken any snaps. He had like 1.4 points last week. Knowing the week before, he only played special team, so it's like you can't hit on all of them. But uh you know, it feels really nice when you hit on hit on a couple. It's interesting with Mitchell because I watched one of his snaps. I think that's the I think when he got the snap, the announcer went off. He's like, "Hey, it's Keaton Mitchell. He's getting the carry. He looked pretty good, honestly, with his first carry that he got." So I don't think he's a. You know, I I think I dropped in one of my league because I had to. If you have the space, I think he's a keep because if Gus Edwards goes down, Justice Hill goes down, Keaton Mitchell. He looked good on the first carry he got. Um, but yeah, that the Jaguar situation is interesting because it seems like Christian Kirk and Lawrence are very buddy buddy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it maybe really hasn't really acclimated himself as much as I thought. But there's so much, so many weeks left to go. I mean, he could pop off, so uh, he has a talent to do so. So yeah, that's gonna do it. Um, 
uh, for Yeah Guys Podcast. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.